It's time for another edition of the Publics and Privates OK Preps podcast, presented by Scordle. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Johnson and Michael Swisher. We are back. Fifth edition of the Publics and Privates OK Preps podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson, joined, as always, by my co-host, Michael Swisher. Michael, how are you? And just sitting here, looking out my window, enjoying this uh, lovely weather we're having right now. I'm gonna let's see, Kingfisher County. What is it right now? Uh, terrible. Got a little bit of mix of. Well, you know, we didn't get too bad in Kingfisher County. We got got a little bit of everything. We got some rain. We got some sleet. We got just a little bit of snow. Um, but uh, we were really kind of spared compared to uh, some other spots. Western Oklahoma got it worse than we did. Um, I think the southern part got it just a little bit worse, so uh, we definitely could be worse. It's going to get nasty tonight once it hits about you know 22 degrees outside and uh, the wet roads slicking up. But uh, hey, we got power, so so I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, I barely made it home from work today with um with the the mist, um, oh, yeah. the the very light rain. Um, it's definitely everything that I have feared in my life is you know a Tulsa highway that's covered in covered you know wet pavement definitely scares you to death with the people around here so um definitely understand what the weathermen were talking about when they said it could be uh, the worst we've ever seen of course <laughs> of course i'm kidding because it's not i mean i'm i'm tempted to go outside put a ruler in the grass and measure the snow and it'll be a big fat zero so that's all that's all we have going on here in green country in case you were wondering well it, i did notice in oklahoma city uh saw some pics i haven't been there, but you know, there's some cars covered with snow or at least some white stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's snow or just it's sleeted that much, but uh, there were some parts. And I know Western Oklahoma, they got quite a bit. Um, yeah, there's I think- some in, in Western Oklahoma and, and your favorite panhandle. That's right. So, uh, but there's your uh, PNP weather forecast for this week. Perfect. Yeah. And that get everyone all pumped up for traveling those roads all over Oklahoma for some playoff basketball this week. Um, we were going to break down some basketball, let Swisher kind of recap whatever what what happened last weekend, kind of all around the state and all the classes, minus 5A and 6A, because they'll get rolling this weekend with the playoffs. But um, later on in the podcast, have Brian Heinzelman on. Um, he and I break down a little bit of state wrestling coming up this weekend. Should be some good action. Um, don't really need to get into it right here, because he and I did about 30 minutes worth of breaking down each each class and kind of going, we didn't necessarily go weight by weight, but kind of hit some of the ones we're looking forward to and kind of excited to see what's coming up this weekend. I know Kingfisher has a couple of guys. I mean, I know you're going to be busy with basketball, but is there any wrestling you're looking forward to hearing or seeing this weekend? Well, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that, uh, you didn't hit me up and, and ask me to break this down bracket by bracket. And, uh, Ask for my expertise. Well, I believe I texted you and said, hey, you want to do predictions with me? And your response was, I'll go with whatever you got. You know, I don't want facts getting in the way of a good story here, so let's just move on. Okay. Speaking of that, basketball, so what you got? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I saw a funny tweet, I think, on uh, – what is today, Tuesday? I think I saw it yesterday. It was like it's it's – playoffs are, are now here or something like that you know somebody was getting excited for the playoffs starting and for us small school folk well you know we're uh, no big deal it's just area time yeah 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 we're chest deep into the playoffs but uh, i know the the big school mentality which i don't have any large schools that i cover around here so i, I you know I, I focus more on the small schools but yeah i mean so so we're well into it you know um 
I'll, I'll, I'll get to the, to the A and B a little bit later. Like you said, they're in area this week, 2A through 4A. They're, they're hitting their regionals. And, you know, we had a, a couple of shockers in, in some districts and one that even caught your eye. And I think that was uh, in uh, 2A, 2A boys, I believe, where, you know, this is why they play the game. Shoto, 1-21 on the season. And uh, Oktaha sixteen and nine, and they're playing an elimination game. So of course, Shoto wins and eliminates Oktaha from the playoffs in a, in a Friday night two A elimination game, fifty six to fifty one. Um, I'm not sure what uh, what Vegas had on that game, Ben, but I, I'm pretty sure uh, it was double digits in, in Oktaha's favor. Yeah, I think I saw. Uh, it might have been a story that I read talking about the playoff system in Oklahoma is just a mess and should be done away with and how everyone everyone gets an invite to play and um i mean i this is a pretty it's pretty rare that something like that happens but we also know why everyone does get involved it you know every team gets that chance to get to play a little playoff basketball whether they win or lose that's kind of on them but shoto showed up they won uh, they're moving on they're still alive yeah um odds are no one's going to pick them to go very far but you know, at least at the end of the year, whenever they have their end of the year banquet, and they don't have a whole lot of wins to remember, at least they're going to remember the looks on Oktaha faces whenever they're they got sent home in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, nobody. I'm I'm pretty sure nobody showed up thought they they had a chance to win that game. Also in two A, Quentin boys beat number eleven Tallahena. Uh, that was in a district championship, so both of those teams are still going there. Um, over in 3A, you know, the, the, the game I talked about the most last week was, was Riverside going to Crossings Christian uh, in a 3A district, um, and, and these are just district championships once you get to 3A. And uh, that certainly lived up to the billing. Crossings did prevail 76-72, but it went into overtime. So, uh, you know, Riverside gave them all they wanted and just a little bit more before finally succumbing. Um, but, again, you know, I said it last week, those are two teams that potentially could reach the state tournament. Uh, but when they meet up in the district uh, title game, um, it's going to make it extremely tough, obviously, for the loser to come back. Now, Crossings did it last year. They lost their district in 2A, won six in a row, and made state. But, uh, you know, if Riverside can do that, uh, they definitely will have earned it. Um, number 10, Haskell got beat uh, by Keys, 62-56. That was also uh, in 3A boys. Um, and 4A boys, uh, a game that, that, that you mentioned right before we went on, Blanchard knocked off number 15 Seminole. Um, Webster beat uh, number 18 Bing. That was a tough, that, man, that's a tough draw right there um, to be a top 20 team and, and to draw Webster. Uh, probably on paper one of the bigger upsets is Victory Christian. Um, a perennial power, I know, but you know, Victory has fallen off this year. Um, they had number nine, Mount St. Mary, come to town and uh, knocked off Mount St. Mary. And, and Mount St. Mary is one of those teams that moved up from 3A. Still, a lot of people put them, uh, gave them a shot to, to get to state tournament. Now they got the, the long road to hoe, if you will, as they, they dropped that by 12 points uh, to Victory Christian. So uh, a couple of interesting games there. Um, Holland Hall got pushed by Katusa, only won that by three points. Um, you know, is Holland Hall for real? I don't, I don't know, but uh, you know, you know they, they've been pushed here lately, so so we'll see there. Um, and girls, uh, nothing shocking in four A. I think pretty much everybody we expected to to uh, to win did uh, in three A. Beggs beat number thirteen Kiefer, fifty five thirty five. So you know, I don't know something was going on in Kiefer there, but uh, a twenty point loss to Beggs certainly didn't look good. Prague won, but only by two against Alva. Uh, that one kind of shocked me just a little bit. 
over in 2A girls. Um, Allen beat number 14 Caddo. Pawnee beat number 17 Mounds. Mounds was a state tournament team a year ago. Um, of course, they lost a lot of talent off of that team. But, uh, you know, the uh, the only earth-shattering game, obviously, uh, to, to me, was uh, Shoto beating Oktahal. Nobody saw that coming. And then uh, I, I was glad to see Riverside and, and Crossings live up to the billing because I, 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 I really thought uh, Riverside was a quality team not getting enough respect. And I think even in that loss, uh, they certainly earned some there. So that's kind of your, your 2A through 4A wrap-up again. Those guys get going again Thursday. Um, consolation games Thursday afternoon. Um, consolation or re, excuse me, winners bracket semifinals games Thursday night. Winners uh, then move on to the championship games on Saturday. So uh, uh, a lot. Uh, really, this is this is that weekend where everything's <laughs> pretty much everybody's playing this week. Uh, this is where the officials get spread really thin too. Yeah, we, and this is the week that we talked about. I think maybe podcast last time or the time before that. We, you know, we had mentioned that you know the, those regional semifinal games, you know, that can make or break a team. So it'll be interesting to see which ones are able to advance to Saturday, and then by Friday, you know, Friday afternoon, we're going to have an idea of which teams are pretty pretty well positioned to make a run at Oklahoma City or um, see. We're we're going to have some teams that are going to have a lot of work to do to catch up to everyone else. Yep, and uh, you know we're sitting there in A and B, and and, and we're we're in that position now with with A and B as we hit the area tournament. Um, some teams are one win away from uh, you know the goal of, of reaching the state tournament. I'll just uh, start with Class B girls area one. Um, you know, speaking of one win away, because Deja Vu for Omega. I mean, you know they've been in this position many times. They were in this position last year, ranked number two, and in an, air, in an area final. Well, they lost two in a row last year and got beat by Forgan and then by Levy, I believe. And so they were denied a, a seventh straight trip to the state tournament. Uh, this time around, they're going to play Boys City. And, uh, you know, I talked to a coach who, who thinks Boys City might be the most talented team in Class B. Uh, so that'll be an interesting matchup there as it's number two versus number eight. That's my panhandle, uh, that's my panhandle crew right there. What's that? That's my panhandle crew out in Boulder City. Yep. Uh, you go through there often, I know. Um, All the time. One of the surprises, if you will, um, Varnum and Calumet in the Area 2 championship game. Calumet knocked off Burlington uh, in their regional final, 43-39. Calumet's a, a talented team. and You know, they've done this before. Where they've, they've, they've really peaked late. Um, you know, a few years ago, they stunned Okarchi in a regional and then made their way all the way to the uh, the state semifinals, despite I think having six or seven girls. Well, this is another. This is a. They got a couple of players on on Met that that are really scary, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see Met beat Barnum for the area championship. But we'll see how that plays out. Uh, that's over in area two. I will tell you, keeping up with Barnum basketball is about as easy as it gets because, um, pretty sure every time quarter ends or something like that, they tweet at Squirtle, so it pops yeah. up on my phone and. I always get an update on the Varnum Whippets every time they're playing. So there you have it. That's uh, that's all you need to know more right there. Uh, you, you like the ones that, that tag Squirtle in all of their their posts. Yeah, sometimes you wonder if they're if they know how they're supposed to be updating the score. But you know, you you kind of cut them some slack in Varnum, I guess. <laughs> um, in Area Three, Hammond number one, Hammond defending state champ got pushed by Mountain View, View Godibo. I know they went at least one overtime. I was told they went three. I, I never did uh, double check on that, but it, Hammond did prevail 
and we'll play number five, Duke. So that one's played out as it's supposed to, uh, as far as the, the winner's bracket goes there. So we had, multi- we had multiple overtimes and only finished 42-38. 42-39. Don't be uh, ripping us off a point there. Uh, oh, wow. 38, you're right. Mike. I'm not even I, mad. I'm just impressed. I was uh, giving us a point there. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's it's a grinded-out game, uh, you know, in the smaller classes there. Um, in Area 4, Weber's Falls, Red Oak, that's number 7 versus number 4 there. Um, every team left in that area is still ranked in the top 20. Some of the some of the big girls that have dropped out, number 12, Balco, number 14, Big Pasture, they are gone um, out of there. And the uh, B-Boys, area one is going to be number four, Leedy, against number eight, Lukiba Sickle. So that one's playing out um, the way it was expected there. Um, area two, it's going to be uh, New Lima. Uh, they knocked off more. They knocked off somebody good, McCurtain, I believe. Yeah, number 10, McCurtain. So it's uh, New Lima and Calumet, number uh, number three ranked Calumet there, still going. Uh, Jacob Mayfield, uh, Western Oklahoma legend, coaching Calumet. He uh, won a title there a couple of years ago and uh, has him right back in the area finals this year. Then in area three, we've got number two, Duke, against number 13, Hammond. Uh, Hammond, a bit of a surprise as it knocked off Big Pasture. Big Pasture ranked number five there. So that was uh, one of the upsets there. Duke, Duke's my uh, pick to win it um, as they got Jameson Richardson down there. Um, and uh, I just don't see anybody that's going to be able to hang with him. But I could be wrong because, number one, Kenta, uh, you never know about them and, uh, and what they're going to show up with. Uh, but, number one, Kenta's taking on Payton, number seven, over there in area four. Um, you know, one of the biggest surprises there is that number six Varnum is out uh, of the playoffs, as is number nine Lomega uh, in Class B boys. Class A boys, area one, number two Glencoe against number eight Okarchi. Um, Okarchi was down 17 early in the third quarter in their regional semifinal game to Shadit, came back to win that one in overtime. Um, so uh, the Warriors being quite resilient there, number three Frontier versus number seven. Uh, Garber in Area 2. Will Jones is going to try to uh, knock off Coach Weckstein. Uh, we'll see if he can do it. Uh, area 3, Fort Cobb and Surreal. Um, Surreal did beat, um, who was it that Surreal beat? Yeah, Velma Alma. Velma Alma was undefeated, but they weren't in the top eight. Nobody was really giving them a lot of respect because uh, you know they hadn't really, quote-unquote, beaten anybody. Um, so they went up against Surreal. Hung tough for a little while, but 59-41 final there is Surreal. Number six going to take on Fort Cobb Roxon. Um, you know, a lot of people think that Surreal should have beaten Fort Cobb. I think in last year's semifinals at State, uh, didn't get the job done, and uh, Cobb won their their fourth straight title last year. So uh, we'll see if they can exact some revenge this year. And then uh, it was Whitesboro knocking off uh, Kiowa. Uh, that was number eleven beating number four. Coach uh, BJ Carr's team. Uh, in area four is in the area finals um, against Wright City, number five. Of course, Wright City won 2A last year. Um, and, and I got to think that that that, uh, that Whitesboro playing in the Tournament of Champions, although they lost all three games, being, uh, you know, I, I got to think that benefited them here in the playoffs there. Um, when, when you play the likes of, I, I think they played um, Fort Cobb, Hugo, and it might have been Booker T. Washington. Um, so. Yeah. I think you that's right. Think that, that helps them when, when, when they're going up uh, against Class A uh, in the regional tournament. Yeah, I think that's right. I I remember, I'm pretty sure Booker T was the number one seed going into the Tournament of Champions. 
Um, ended up, and I think that yeah. seed ended up holding up. So yeah, a Booker T Whitesboro matchup, and that's what's funny about the tournament of champions is, you know, yeah. some some of those matchups don't look all that impressive, and even though those Class B or A teams kind of get blown out in the first day, it's it's beneficial regardless. They kind of see what it's going to take, and you know, you can really gain a lot a lot from those last two games against teams that are maybe a lower class and. You know, you're able to compete and see what it takes against some of the state's best. And really, uh, Whitesboro hung with Booker T for, for most of that game. Booker T didn't pull away until late. Now, a lot of that had to do with how into the game Booker T was. But still, um, they hung tough. And Whitesboro was a, a state tournament team in Class B last year. And that was why they got invited um, to the tournament champions to get a Class B team in there. Well, over the summer, as it turns out, they, they got bumped up to A. So they ended up having two A teams in there with Fort Cobb and Whitesboro. But uh, anyway, um, Coach B.J. Carr's team uh, got a good shot at getting back to the state tournament. Now the Class A girls, um, it's number one ceiling against number five Hydro Eakley. That's in Area 1. Interesting stat here. I think uh, ceiling missed from the end of the first quarter, uh, near the end of the first quarter, into the third quarter. Ceiling missed 24 consecutive field goals and still led by five points uh, uh, when they took on Shattuck in the regional finals. Uh, how many teams, Ben, have you seen miss 24 straight field goals and still maintain a lead? Uh, not too many in the state of Oklahoma. I did. The fact that they were able to win by 11 and have that happen is yeah. pretty remarkable, and I would say speaks more to their defensive prowess than anything. Yeah, because Shattuck, Shattuck does have some, some girls who can score, but I was told that that uh, ceiling's defense was just uh, smothering while the offense uh, really, really struggled. Uh, but they got that done. over in Area 2. Um, you know, it's going to be Garber. Uh, Garber emerged as the regional champion. Uh, that was the, the one where Strother, number seven, Strother got upset early on. I think that was maybe in the the uh, either district finals or the first round or regional. Yeah, yep. that was the first round regional game. Yep, they lost Strother to Ripley. Beat, so they, they came back. Yep, came back and won uh, their next two games. And Okarchi did that exact same thing over in Area 1 uh, when they got knocked off by Shattuck. Came back and won two straight. But uh, it's number 20 Garber against number two Frontier there. Um, then we've got uh, another upset, and that's in Area 3 where Cheyenne knocked off Fort Cobb Broxton. Um, Coach Brad Thrash, you know, he's he won it uh, at Dover. He, he's won with boys at Cheyenne. Uh, now he's got the girls uh, with a chance to, uh, and he's gotten close to winning with the girls. He's been a state runner-up with the Cheyenne girls before. Hasn't won the title with them, but um, he's got a shot uh, at least to get back to the state tournament. They'll take on number four, Surreal. Um, but again, number, number eight, four, Cobb Rocks, and still lurking there on the consolation side. And then in area four, number three, Canute, against number six, Clayton. No surprises there. Um, really the only... There's only one top 20 team in Class A girls that, that hasn't made it to the area tournament. That's number 15, Davenport. Um, so, you know, a couple surprises, that, but none of the quote-unquote big dogs um, have been eliminated yet. Um, it's already always interesting to see the teams that lose Friday night, you know, which, which ones of those can bounce back. Uh, and play a team the next night, uh, you know, a team that's got some momentum, that has won two games in a row. Uh, whereas the team that loses on Friday, they're coming off a loss. The disappointment of not making the state tournament and having to turn around and play again. Um, there's always a couple of those who uh, end up you know, doing the double dip and, and losing on Saturday too. 
So uh, it'll be interesting to see how those play out. Yeah, and for you specifically, I know you being a small school basketball guy, um, and obviously things have to play out this weekend, but kind of shift your mind forward one week. Who's a team that people should show up at the State Fair Arena and come watch come small school state tournament time? You know, obviously in in girls, um, it's it's ceiling um, to watch, you know, the Macy and Carly show, the, the Gore twins. They're going for four in a row. Um, nobody's done that in five on five, I don't believe. There's been a few that have been close. Dover got uh, close. Uh, Sequoia Tahlequah got close. Uh, they both won three in a row, I know, and they got back to the finals the next year but but were knocked off. Um, but, I mean, they're just so fun to watch. Um, they, you know, just the the full court passes <laughs> and uh, just the, the aggression on both ends of the court, the ability to play inside and out and get to the bucket. And this is both of them. Um, they're, they're just so much fun to watch. I mean, ceiling is one of those where – you know, I, I don't have to pay to get in, but if I had to pay, I wouldn't mind paying uh, to see either one of those. Um, and then um, on the boys' side, you know, there's I'm interested to see Duke just because I want to see. I, I haven't I've never been able to see them play, and you know now that they've ad- added uh, Jameson. Um, you know how good are they? Uh, but then the next best thing I think might be Fort Cobb, just because you know they got a chance to win five in a row. Um, and you know this is a completely different team uh, than the one I say. This is uh, a completely different team than the one the, that won the first three, um, and it's still even different from the one that won it last year. So um, I'll, I'll be interested, I, and they're fun to watch. Um, we always look at the the uh, the offensive side of the ball. Prokob uh, prides itself on playing great defense too. And so they're always fun. I mean, just so fun, fundamentally sound and, and just get it done each and every year, it seems like. Awesome. Well, I know, you know, like, like we've said, I'm going to be busy at the state wrestling tournament this weekend, handling the finals, doing some interviews and stuff. But hopefully by the time the weekend winds down, I'll have a chance to kind of look at some regional scores in 2A through 6A. And then, you know, we'll know who's heading. We'll know, by this time next week, we'll know who's paired up against who in the small school state tournaments and, you know, who's going to be at which side and who's going to get the big house for three days. So, you yeah, know, and we'll have that, um, you know, we'll have that up Sunday on, on yeah. Squirtle. Um, the, the meeting, uh, as soon as uh, you nasty wrestlers and you wrestling media clean up your, your area and get right. out of there, we'll have the, the coaches meeting Sunday at the big house. Um, that's usually early Sunday afternoon. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll make sure the pairings are exactly how they're supposed to be that day. And then they'll, they'll become officially official. And make sure you keep David Glover in line and make sure he handles his business like he's supposed to. You know, I got David on pretty short leash. We play golf, uh, together a time or two here. Kingfisher, uh, country club, also known as just the Kingfisher golf course. And, <laughs> He uh, played a little nine-hole competition that we play on Monday nights. And uh, Old Glove had nine straight bogeys when he played with Swisher. So uh, he didn't have his best day. He had to cough up a little bit of money with Swisher. I thought you were going to say, the way you were leading into that, I thought you were going to say we went and played golf today on a day whenever we're sitting here talking about rain and sleet and everything. I was about to, I was about to give, you, give you all some props for being dedicated to your craft on days like today. If he didn't have to work, he probably would have tried. 
No way. I, I as I get older, I'm pretty I'm a pretty staunch believer of I'm not going to step on a golf course unless it's probably somewhere between uh, above 50 or 60 degrees. I just yeah. I used to play with my dad when it was cold outside. I'm I I just can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm uh, not that not that big into golf enough anymore to be able to dedicate myself to cold weather golf. I'm the same way. I'm a, I'm definitely a fair weather golfer. Yep. Well, man, I always appreciate the great basketball inside. I know you're going to be breaking it down um, uh, leading up to the small school state tournament. We'll be putting stuff on the website, so be looking looking for that. And um, speaking of stuff on the website, can have some wrestling previews leading up to the state tournament this weekend. Also working on a story on Blackwell's Drake Barbie, um, kind of a harrowing story and kid that nearly died two years ago, and he's a state, qualifi- state qualifier now and probably the favorite at 195 and 3A, so... Look for that, and uh, we'll make sure to have plenty of stuff on Squirtle, uh, squirtle.com. Make sure to use the app when you head out to basketball games. Uh, upload, enter in your score so people around the state can see who's winning and who maybe they might be playing next. So thanks for joining us, and uh, we're going to shift it over to some wrestling talk with Brian Heinzelman. Joining me now is Brian Heinzelman, and if that last name sounds familiar, you would be correct. It's the father of Josh and Will Heitzelman, a uh, couple state champions from Piedmont. Brian, how are you tonight, sir? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing terrific. I was bringing you on to talk about some high school state wrestling that we have coming up this weekend. I, you know, um, I think we have a mutual friend in Matt Serber at Tuttle, and um, telling him that you know wanted to try and get some opinions from people in the wrestling community who kind of keep up with it all, and um, I would imagine you're pretty excited for this weekend. Oh, man, can't wait. It's the greatest week of the year. It's Christmas <laughs> for me. I know. Uh, Being a wrestling family, how hard is it to sleep on a week like this? Uh, it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have uh, some some ambient every once in a while to, to get it to help you out, because otherwise you're just... Uh, up all night <laughs> yeah i would imagine so i i know you know I, I went to dual state a couple weeks ago and really enjoyed it and you know anytime i get a chance to go to a wrestling tournament i always like it and looking forward to going saturday night and hoping to see you know some history made i think we have a couple guys going after four-time state championships and uh zach marticelli and zane coleman and i guess that'll that can kind of lead us right into our class 6a discussion you know what are you looking forward to first and foremost in 6a on uh, friday and saturday i tell you for me uh 126 is going to be quite the toss-up i'm 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 really interested to see who comes out there i mean you've got carter young Cade Mannion, bam west john wiley you got news from choctaw Leif jones from bartlesville lazique perez or is it Blake? Which one? I get those two mixed up. But that it it really any one of those guys could could win it. And anytime you have a weight that has seven kids that could win it, that that makes it pretty pretty interesting to me. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I that very often. Yeah, making my predictions this week, and I'm going to have those up on the website later on this week. Um, I think spoiler alert. I went with Carter Young just because. Last year at Sand Springs, I uh, got that 106 title, um, kind of has that championship pedigree. Um, and I know Doug Chesbro at Stillwater, they always do a great job. Although I love what Life Jones is, is all about. And, you know, beyond those guys, like you said, that's a deep field. But I 
I think in the end, what I'm looking for is probably a Carter Young, Leif Jones final. Um, but I, I could be swayed into thinking it could turn out about several different ways because it is so deep. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I really, I would go with Carter probably uh, myself just because he's, he does have the pedigree and he's been there. I mean, you're talking about double Fargo finalists. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, Fargo champion and uh, he, uh, it's, that's a lot of experience. But that being said, you know, all those other guys have been in a lot of big matches also, you know. Yeah, and Wiley, I... Th- yeah. We can count John Wiley out. I mean, he's slick. Um, and regardless of what happened at regionals, I mean, you can't count any of those guys out. No. Um, and, you know, the 138 in 6A is not going to be much different. You know, it's not as deep as far as having seven guys that could, could all contend. But there's three guys that it, it really is going to be a toss-up, I think. I mean, I think Peter Raleigh's probably your favorite, obviously. He just, he just beat Cam. Uh, at regionals, uh, you know, I think it was eight to three, but I would never bet against any of those three if I had to. I would just leave them all out. I'd stay away from that one if I had to bet. I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. This is the one weight that I I struggled with the most. I honestly, as as of Monday, I still haven't even be able. I haven't been able to pick a uh, pick a finalist or pick a winner. I. I keep going back and forth between Peter Rowley and then Spencer Shikram. I know he didn't yeah. win he didn't win it last year, but his brother did. Um can you know, might be kinda of like the Heinzelin brothers and you know, get a yeah. get a sibling title, but at the same time Cameron Piccolo for Mustang is also right there in the field and I think he's really tough too. So, you know, this is the one if I had a three way coin, it's kind of a I would <laughs> flip it three ways here in the in the one thirty eight. Absolutely. It's uh it's going to be a fun way to watch. Uh, you know, um, you know there, there's a bunch of good weights in 6A. Um, all, you know, 132 is pretty loaded. Uh, I think, with, I mean, obviously, Whitcraft is the, the head of the class. But, you know, he, I, he was banged up at dual state. I don't know how healthy he is. And, you know, Zeke Washington, you know, he's, Owasso's got it rolling, you know, and he's a he's scrappy, and Colt Newton obviously, uh, and then then you have Oplotnik who beat Colt Newton. So, um, and Oplotnik has always been one of those kids that's had all the talent in the world, raised in Edmund Generals and OWA along with Newton, but you know he's been a little banged up and unlucky with some injuries the last couple of years, and it looks like it's all kind of coming together for him and. I wouldn't count him out beating all of them, you know. Yeah, yeah, know yeah. The one thirty prediction coming from a kid that just won regionals, but you know, when you're talking about being in a weight class with Whitcraft, Colt Newton, two kids that are signed with Oklahoma State already, uh, and then you start picking a, a, a kid other than those two, then then it would be a, a pretty big upset. But. Yeah, and I think what you and I saw since we were both at dual state, we saw how Whitcraft was hobbling around for a lot of that. Um, I honestly thought at the regional, if he made the finals, I thought maybe they might even injury default him in the finals against someone like Zeke Washington and just let him <clears throat> let him go to the top half of the bracket and, at state. 
but kind of looking at it now, I mean, it doesn't really matter what side of the field you're on here. Both of them are deep, like you said, because the old Plotnik kid is good. Keegan Luton and Mustang is good. Colt Newton of Choctaw is good. So I think, you know, you had mentioned 126 earlier. I think 132 for me is really one that I'll be keeping an eye on, you know, and whoever makes it to the final Saturday will have earned it, and whoever the champion is will definitely, you know, that'll definitely be one for the mantle for sure. Absolutely. And then uh, and if you go up into the bigger weights, I'm I'm at a loss at 195. I I kind of think I've got a feeling about Judson Rowland for some reason. Uh, really, that's I know, interesting. I think I think he's going to pull it off, um, and I know that's crazy picking against a two-time state champion in Gavin Potter, and there hadn't been a hotter wrestler as far as wins and than than Carson Savage lately. He's been beating everybody. Uh, it, you talk about somebody that's turned the corner from last year to this year, and I mean this kid's been an animal this year. So that, I, and then to Caden Glass to lose to overtime as a freshman, lose to a two-time state champion in overtime at the regional finals. That uh, I don't think you can count him out. Yeah, mean. yeah, no doubt. And I think what kind of caught me by surprise at dual state was the way that Carson Savage really handled Gavin Potter when Deer Creek played Deer Creek uh, dueled against Broken Arrow. Um, yeah. And that's why, you know, all year long Carson Savage has been good, but maybe one of the, uh, maybe an under the radar type of guy for someone who's 35 and two, but you know, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know that I could argue against picking three of the guys, despite Gavin Potter being a two time state champion in the field. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be fun to watch and, you know, I, I'm I'm interested in at 170. I think Matiota is it or do, is it pronounced Matiota or Machota? Uh, Matiota. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Um, at dual state, they kept pronouncing Machota, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think he's going to give Coleman all Coleman wants. You know, um, I know that Coleman is a phenomenal wrestler, and I just, I just, I kind of think that there might be something there with. With Matty Oda, you know, it, it's going to be a, a tougher match than people think. Huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, um, one thing about Zane Coleman, you know, Choctaw lost to Broken Arrow in the dual state finals, but, you know, Zane Coleman was one one of the three wins that Choctaw pick, picked up, but it, he didn't look as dominant as he has in the past. I still think he's really good. Maybe it's just kind of a, kind of biding his time for regionals and state to see how he does there. I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing. He's going for his fourth championship in four years. So yeah. and he, so he knows what he's doing. I think I I would say I would bet against the rest of the field against Zane Coleman, but at the same time, on a weekend like this, you, sometimes you just never know. Never know. That's the beautiful thing about state. It's uh, people get there in the big house and uh, get it underneath all those people watching, and they wrestle completely different. You know, they, that heartbeat starts going a little bit faster, and breath starts getting shorter. <laughs> yep, no doubt about it. Well, do you. We can jump down to 5A, um, and, and I know that, you know, you're obviously very familiar since, you know, you get to watch the Piedmont kids day in and day out or, you know, every duel, every tournament that they have. So, you know, outside of, you know, the Piedmont kids competing, who are some of the other 5A guys that you're looking forward to watching? I tell you, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. As far as, like, the team race goes, you know, it was it's going to be tough for anybody to get Collinsville. I mean, they, they're going to more than likely have six finalists in the first six weights and be favored in probably most of all of them. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's, 
that's pretty crazy when you think about it. And so, um, you know, the, the, the 10, um, well, not 106, but, um, you know, I'd like to, I'm pretty interested in going to a Piedmont kid that hopefully getting a rematch with Cougar Anderson and Landa Schoon. I don't know if you remember that dual state match. It ended five to three, and it was one of the better matches of the night. It was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it was. Landis is, is really re- wrestling well. He's a just a funky wrestler. He's so long, and everything he does is kind of effortless. So he, he's able to gas kids out, and it's not necessarily because of his in, intense pace. It's just because he doesn't get tired. Yeah. It's just because he's really conservative with his energy. and I mean, his, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it's fun to watch. And if he can keep from getting thrown by Cougar in the first period – then it, he's got a shot. I mean, it's a he's the, definitely an underdog, but it's it's going to be a fun rematch to watch. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, One forty five is going to be crazy. Uh, there's there's five kids that could win that. Uh, maybe six even. Uh, you know, height height's been beaten by Hicks. He's been beaten by Messi more. Then he turned around and beat both of them. Yep. Afterwards, so I mean, obviously, height is your favorite going into it, but you know, you don't get very many opportunities where that many kids have beaten other kids in there, and you know that Cadigus is scrappy. I wouldn't count him out, and you know, our kid Bo Hardy, he's he's a gamer when it comes time to to beating kids that he's lost to. You know, whenever when he was a freshman, he. he he ran through a regionals that he beat three kids that had pinned him a collective seven times total his freshman year. And wow. he ended up beating all three of them. But he, uh, but that, so it's going to be really crazy to see what happens at that weight. Yeah, I think um, looking at the 145 field, that was kind of the, that was, you know, in 6A, we talked about Rolly and Shikram in, in that weight. This is kind of the same one for me at 145. You know, I could see you know, several guys winning this class, but I think I went with Hyde over everyone else just because he's been on that final stage two years in a row. And I think, yeah. you know, it's his senior year. If he's not going to get it done, then, you know, he's probably, yeah. he's going to go on with the rest of his career kind of wondering, wondering what the what if. <laughs> now, I, I agree. You're, you're, you're not wrong for, for taking that. I mean, he, he's a heck of a wrestler. Uh, 126 isn't much different than 125 or 45. I mean, you've got, you know, three or four kids there that, I mean, five, if you count the Duncan kid, uh, Connor Riddles, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Josh Taylor's a returning champ and, you know, it, it really, it hurt. It kind of, I, mean, I don't know. It, it, it really hurt the team chances in my mind, him losing to Kohler's and regionals. Cause it, you know, I, I don't think lions can beat, beat Kohler's, uh, in the semis. And, Everybody else in five A needed Colors not to make it to the to the finals. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And that's you know you mentioned Lyons and Taylor. You know, someone who lives on the east side of the state. It seems like every time I turn around, Taylor and Lyons, despite Taylor only being a sophomore, it seems like they wrestle almost every weekend. So <laughs> they you know, had a great match in in Carl Albert. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was a wild ending, and Lyons won. <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, I don't know that. 
I mean, I definitely wouldn't bet against Taylor in that match in a rematch, you know. And you know, and you know, you got Colors and, and Mitchell Lance, our kid. He beat Colors at dual state. So, and Mitchell is one of those kids that honestly has had enough talent to be a four timer. Uh, he he was a regional champ as a freshman, and then did what we talked about. He he didn't have his best tournament at state. Uh, then his sophomore year, he broke his ankle about a month before. Uh, wrestled on on a broken ankle at regionals and got second and qualified, but and then it just he could, it wasn't he couldn't work out enough to get keep in shape and to compete at state. And then uh, then last year his season ended, he blew his knee out about a month before state. So he he went from definitely should have been a four time placer, could have been even more. To he hasn't placed yet, so he is hungry and. You know he's been wrestling great, and it he, and he it came down to him and, and Taylor at, at dual state, and that was a great match. I mean he was losing three nothing, and then got thrown at the end trying to do some stuff. But I mean I I definitely wouldn't count him out of, of the mix. I mean it's a tall order because that's a that's a four or five kids, you know. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because like that Connor Riddles, Connor Riddles won Carl Albert, and that had all of them in it except Colors, you know. So he uh, and if he, he definitely passes the eye test. He big little short stocky kid looks like he can lift lift a house. So. Yeah, that's the one thing I you know middle of January I always every year I always hope that Collinsville will you know end up getting into the Carl Albert Field so we can at least have like a mini five A state tournament. But I know they they probably do it for a reason to kind of you know keep yeah. their keep their own scouting reports on you know to themselves and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd, for the 5A state tournament, I definitely reference that Carl Albert tournament quite a bit to, you know, pick some winners out of this thing. Oh, yeah. And in 38, you've got Kobe Gomez versus probably Connor Henson. I mean, that you know, those are – that Connor Henson's been wrestling really well. Yep, uh, no doubt about it. Um, you got 195. That's gonna, I don't know, that, that, that Cave Dickerson, Matt Santos, that, uh, that about broke in – broke out into a full-fledged fist fight at, at, at regionals. <laughs> so uh, it'd be interesting to see if they make it to the finals and wrestle each other again. So. Well, for you, I, you know, how, you know, personally, you know, as a family, what's it like whenever Josh takes them out? I, you know, you don't really have to break down the 5A heavyweight field, but just kind of give me a sense of what's it like as a family, you know, whenever Josh is out there on the mat and, you know, what's kind of going through everyone's minds at the time. Well, I can tell you his mother is about to pass out every match, especially <laughs> wrestling heavyweights. He hates him wrestling heavyweight because he thinks that the the boy, those kids are too big. Yeah. He's a little undersized for a heavyweight. He, sure. He walked around a little over 230. So, I mean, a cut to 220 would not have been that big a deal, but he wants to, the OU coaches want him to wrestle a heavyweight, and so he's been trying to kind of maintain weight and gain some, like, beer as soon as season's over. It's kind of hard doing it now right and he's eating lift weights you don't quite get to lift as like he needs to but he uh you know she's a nervous wreck when she's wrestling or when <laughs> he's wrestling um i've i've been kind of pretty strangely calm this year although i always get nervous when he's wrestling montana phillips yeah just because at the end of the day montana phillips is a two-time state champ three-time placer he's a fargo champ and a fargo finalist you know uh, there's not many heavyweights that have accomplished what he's accomplished in the history of Oklahoma. Uh, so, 
he's dangerous to say the least. So it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always nervous when he wrestles Montana. So. Uh, yeah, that's understandable. And I, you know, whenever I saw that Josh was going to go at heavyweight this year, I think I even texted Coach Ford and was kind of chatting with him about it. And you know, yeah, he's undersized, but you know, he's got the athletic ability to kind of attack some of those guys at heavyweight that maybe they're not used to. So that kind of gives them an upper hand in that sense, I would think. Yeah, it's it's worked out so far, you know, and he's he's managed to wrestle smart versus those kids and kind of stay out of ties and. Oh, underhooks, overhooks, all. I mean, he's uh, nobody's launched him into the bleachers yet, so we've been fortunate. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And I wanted to drop down to four A, um, and obviously, when it comes to four A, I think you know the state or the the team championship is pretty much a wrap, um, just considering how talented Tuttle is. But you know, um, kind of the weight that stands out to me and it's kind of intriguing is the one twenty six. Um, Tuttle, Tuttle's not as talented. I, you know, Logan Farrell is good, um, and the Ty Lockwood Lockwood kid from Wagner is good. But the thing that intrigues me is the Thaddeus Thaddeus Long kid from McLean, mainly because oh, yeah. mainly because you don't see that many. You know, I guess wrestling nowadays at Tulsa Public Schools is just kind of a dying thing. You know, every, you know, everyone yeah. kind of gravitates towards basketball more. So it's kind of cool to see such a talented wrestler from TPS going into the state field is probably the favorite. Yeah, he's slick and and he's fun to watch. He will he will ooh and ah. I don't know if you remember. He's won probably three years ago when he was with uh, Tulsa Union. He because he transferred went to Tulsa Union and then had to move back. But he's the one that beat the Blair kid with a super duck with no time. I forget which what which kid it was, but and he won, beat the Blair kid. It was it was pretty amazing. But you know, in four A, it you know. Total is so dominant, but it's it's pretty crazy because there's five undefeated kids in 4A, and none of them are from Total. Yeah, that's true. Now, now Total obviously schedules a little different than your average 4A. Yeah, no 4A doubt about it. <laughs> when you go to wrestle mid cows and Kansas City Stampede, but you know, I mean Eli Griffin, he's not going to. I mean, I'm, I say he's not going to lose but he shouldn't lose i mean he's oh yeah he's that being said you know you've got ashton grounds i mean the the 4a 106 bracket is going to be pretty interesting you know yeah just because luke arberg in there is really good as well yep you got arberg and then uh there there was a couple other kids um at 106 that i was looking at but that you know i think is it guy clevenger is he at 106 yeah Uh, from katusa yeah yeah i mean He's just a scrappy kid, and so it it should be interesting to see uh, that weight. Uh, but as you said, TJ Long, he's undefeated. Then you got Jacob Arberg, he's at one sixty, he's undefeated, and that's you know you got Harley Andrews Andrews as a as a new starter at Tuttle. So I mean, it it's I don't think you're going to see Tuttle sweep it <laughs> sweep every weight like no, a lot not- of people. No, oh, not right. this year. Because Cage Hockett obviously is is gifted at eighty two, and you know that Luke Fortney from Bristow at two twenty. That's that should be a pretty interesting match there. You know he's twenty five and zero. Yeah, no uh, doubt about it. And, it. and then Val Park, we forget, but don't forget about Val Park and against Bryce Dawson, who is one of the only Tuttle kids not to 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 get win his region. It, you know. 
Yeah, Val Park, Val Park is kind of carrying that torch for Heritage Hall this year because they've had a good run of wrestlers with the with the G Fellers and uh, Roderick Mosley. But Val Park is kind of the one carrying the torch this year for the Chargers. He's carrying the torch, and I, I think they're going to have some couple reinforcements coming next year. Uh, that KJ, the little eighth grader that pinned Jordan Colors in ten seconds at Junior High State. Yeah, he uh, he's got Heritage Hall kid, so he's and he's amazing. Awesome from, from all accounts. So, but uh, yeah, so four A, you know, there's there's definitely some some interesting some weights that worth paying attention to you know it's not just going to be the the Tuttle show I mean it will by team score standards and, sure <laughs> but uh you know that they should definitely have some other stuff to watch <laughs> yeah what about what about in 3A um one kid that kind of intrigues me is the fact that I think he won a title as a freshman, and I think he's been kind of up and down ever since. He always ends up in the state tournament with a really good record. I think he came up short, but it's a kid, uh, Remington White. You know, because oh, yeah. Walters is not a Walters is not by any means a big wrestling powerhouse, but Remington, Remington is the only kid on the team. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's that, that's a really a great story. You know, he uh, Bobby Cooks is kind of taking him in and. Uh, you know, taking him to tournaments. He brings him to Gary and, uh, you know, brings him to Carl Albert and all these other whatever tournaments that Duncan goes to or was it when he was with Lot Max, he would take him with Lot Max. But so it's it's been pretty cool to see a, a one-man team <laughs> have succeed, you know. Yeah. That, he, yeah that. And he can flat out wrestle. I mean, there's, there's it's. It's fun to watch. He's good. Yeah, it'll be weird. Yeah. It'll be weird next year to see in a state tournament without him in it because, you know, every every year you you know, like you said, Walters is a one man show, but at least they have the they have the school name in there. But starting next year, we'll we'll probably all show up in Oklahoma City wondering where's Remington White. It seems like it seems like he's one of those high school kids that's been around for a long time, but his time's almost up. Yeah, he he has been around. I. I uh, it will be crazy not having him there, but you know, three A is is really an interesting uh, class. Uh, you know, Perry is is dominated that for years, and and they probably will dominate the team score. But as far as individual champs go, I mean, I don't know that they have five kids that you can just pencil in as an automatic. You know? No, I, I think I think it's maybe two or three that you think might be favorites. But I even the Perry favorites to me. Aren't Tuttle favorites? I think Tuttle. You know, obviously they have guys like Dustin Plot who yeah. it, would, it would take a miracle probably for someone else to win. But I don't think Perry has that one single dominant guy. Um, so I think that that leaves the door open for some Marlowe guys. You know, some um, some Bridge Creek kids to you know like a 145 Colby Dupron. Yeah. I, I think Bridge Yo, Creek. Colby, that's going to be a good way too. I yeah. Mean, there's you know because Landon Holt from Gary, he's tough. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you lean obviously towards Colby. Uh, he's he's really gifted and he's a hard worker. Like from all accounts over here, he's just a, a grinder, you know. Yeah, and, and even Lane always wanting to work. Even Landon's first round opponent, uh, Lane Inyer from Venita, he's always been really good too. And I, you know, I think Landon probably ends up winning that. But you know, Lane is always a guy that's always intrigued me because Venita always has a good program and he's always been really talented throughout the years. Yeah, and. Uh, Going through a weight that I'm familiar with in three A, the, the heavyweight is a is going to be a pretty interesting uh, battle. 
you know, because that yeah. Chase Mercy from Gary is he is huge. You know, he's <laughs> six, ever been a six four, six five, and has to cut to get to two eighty five. Wow! And and he beat Cooper Webb, the returning state champ, at, at regionals last week. So yeah, and then then the Dalton Dalton Shadow Kid at Locust Grove. Um, yes. You know, they've, that's a program too that you know at one point was you know had a really rolling for a couple of years, but kind of trailed off. But Dalton's been kind of a staple for them every year the last couple of years. But you know he's gonna yeah. have he's gonna have his work cut out for him against Cooper Webb of Davis there in the bottom half of the bracket, yeah. and like you said, Murky at the top. Keegan Wilson, you know, those are they're all big men that can move. You know, like they're and so it's going to be be fun to watch that that that. Class, uh, someone will have 195. Someone will have I, to let you know how heavyweight goes because I know you, you and your family will be focused on a different mat. <laughs> yes, you'll have to let me know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then uh, the, I, I'm I want to watch 195 also just for human interest. The Drake Barbie story to me is is awesome. You know, it's everything that sports is about. You know, you have a kid that's gifted and talented, works hard, then he gets has a horrible accident and has to miss his junior year a lot of people didn't think he'd ever wrestle again you know and uh for him to be back and doing well and probably be a favorite it it's i think he's probably the favorite to win 195 yeah yeah and i actually i've talked to drake this week i'm going to do a story on him because um being in talqua for so many years i got to know chris barbie's dad over at stillwell and he and i got you know he's a guy that i'll text quite often you know, we'll kind of talk about this or that or whatever in, in the wrestling scene. And um, I remember whenever he got into his nasty car wreck, you know, it was kind of touch and go as to whether they thought he was going to make it. So, yeah, for him to be able to be back his senior year, um, talking to him on the phone last night, you can really tell the passion that he has. You know, he, he, he talks about, you know, wrestling is all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. So I think you're going to – I think people at the – people at regionals last week saw that. Um, you know, talking oh, to his yeah. da- talking to his dad, he said, "You know, we're not interested in mat time. We're interested in getting the pin, getting the win, and moving on." And I think that's going to sh- really shine through at the state tournament. I think he's going to be a man on a mission when he takes the mat in Oklahoma City. I, I do too, and I'm I'm pulling for him. So, yeah, no doubt about hope, it. Uh, hope no other parents out there at 195 are going to be mad at me, but I'm probably. <laughs> yeah, by now, me too. <laughs> so it, uh, you know, then you've got uh, you know Connor Doucette that. Um, He's on his mission to get number three on his path to four state championships. Yep. Uh, he's a he's fun to watch. That talent wise, there's not many people in the state better than him. Um, there's a reason why Oklahoma State signed a kid from Little Old Comanche already. You know, as a junior. Yep, no uh, doubt about it. And I and I think one kid that I'm really looking forward to talking to. You know, kind of depending on how things play out, is River Simon. He's kind of a kid that's right. battled injuries throughout the year. You know, his problem is he's in a really tough field at 182. Oh, yeah. There's, a, you know, the Zach Waddy, Wattenberger, I mean. Yep. <laughs> Austin yep. Perry, Cole Owen. So, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a, a, a tough, tough weight. And uh, I actually, we stayed at the same hotel as Vianne uh, and uh, at regional, because their regional was at Marlowe and ours was at Duncan. Right. And I was, and, I was talking to, to River because I knew that they had a uh, a kid. I knew that he had signed, uh, committed to West Point. And yeah. My my oldest son Will that was at his first year of West Point, so I was 
congratulating him and tell him how awesome it is. And what a sharp kid. There's he he would he's definitely the type of kid you would think would be going to West Point. Yeah, no, well spoken, no. very intellectual. I mean, just seems like a really great kid. Yeah, that's one reason I wanted to try and. Um, you know, depending on how things play out, I wanted to be able to talk to him at the state tournament and kind of have him, you know, talk about his wrestling career and his football career because he, you know, the Simon family is well known around this part of the state because you know that some one of his older brothers went to TU playing football and you know, got a good wrestling and football pedigree in the family. Just kind of pick his brain and you know see kind of have him put a bow on everything in his high school career. Yeah, that'd be. Uh... Interesting. So, who do you have at 160 in 3A? Because you sure have some a lot of people with some really impressive records. Um, honestly, I think if I'm if I'm uh, if I think my pick, I ended up going with Cade Schrosphere, mainly just because you know he was a state champion last year. To me, whenever I'm looking through the, looking through the fields and trying to make my picks, that's always a big thing to me. Because if you've once you've been on that stage on the final night, you kind of know you know, what all it entails, you know, it, wrestling is wrestling at the end of the day, but at the same time you take the mat on that final night and there's, you know, there's a little bit more sense of pride, um, maybe some nervousness for some of the kids, but, um, you know, I, that's who I went with. I know Shakota, you know, we talk about three, a teams a lot, you know, sometimes like kind of like Remington white and Shakota doesn't have quite the numbers that a lot of these other schools do, but Cade is, Cade's a really good wrestler and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if he's able to win this field, he will have earned it. Yeah, I mean, because you, you've got, I mean, Tyler Lavi, I don't know how to pronounce that. I mean, he's only got three losses. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Smith only has three losses. I mean, that's, you start getting multiple kids with single-digit losses, it, it it's really makes for an interesting bracket, you know. Yep, no doubt uh, about it. What? But, I'm excited. It's going to be fun, and uh, it's it's going to be hard to beat dual state and oh. the energy and excitement that I felt just because we were in the finals and it was such a dramatic ending. But if it can happen, it'll happen at, at state this week. I mean, it's anything. It's a crazy week, and it's going to be harder for me. Our family took top last year's performance where Will and Josh won. 95 and 220 back-to-back weights when Will was a pretty big underdog. Not, we weren't really expecting it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you know, like, so like, hopefully we can top it off with an individual championship from Josh, another one, and a team championship for Piedmont. Yep, no doubt about it. Well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. I you know, had a lot of fun talking some wrestling with you. Always fun to you know talk to some guys who keep keep on keep an eye on the whole state throughout the year and um, really able to break it down and you know had a lot of fun with you. Thanks. Absolutely, I appreciate the opportunity.